You're listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. Today's episode of Athleisure Kitchen, we talk with cookbook author, founder of What Scobby Cooking, and culinary creator who has created a line of seasoning, sauces, and cocktail mixers that you can purchase at Williams Sonoma for a number of years, Scobby Dawkins. We talk about how she created her culinary universe, her focus of California girl living, being inspired through travel and lifestyle, she approaches creating her dishes. We also talk about her popular site and how she grew it, as well as its concepts and her newest cookbook that's out now, Eat What You Want. She even tells us how we can enhance our movie nights and with her dishes as we all do our part to flatten the curve. When did you fall in love with food and realize that you wanted to work in the industry? So I fell in love with food really when I was in high school. I used to come home from school every day and watch the Food Network, and I just loved watching them cook. It was mesmerizing to me, and I would mm-hmm. watch it every day for a couple hours, then I would go do my homework. Um, and then when I got to college, I started cooking for my tennis team. I played tennis in college. I met my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. He was on the men's tennis team. Oh, wow. And I would cook for everyone. Both have not picked up rackets in years, but I used <laughs> to cook for the men's and women's teams before matches, and I loved getting people around the table. It brought me so much joy to be able to feed them and just watch the conversation happen once you bring people to a table and include food. So after college, I got a job in the kind of like fashion marketing PR industry for Mm -hmm. a couple months. And then the whole company folded. And instead of getting another job, I decided to go to culinary school Mm. just for fun. I had no intention of going into the culinary world full time. Um, And I ended up loving it and falling in love with food. And I got a job as a private chef and I started my blog and then it just snowballed. And that was a little over 10 years ago. Wow. I I mean, I love that story. And one of the things I kept reading about you was you're all about the California girl life. So we're based in New York. um, And I, I wanted to know more about how do you define the California girl life? Yeah, so to me, the California girl life is not about being in California. It's more of a state of mind than an actual state. And I think it's all about living your life in balance and, you know, bringing your own sunshine and making Mm. sure you're happy and things like that. And I think that is what my definition of California is. Like, I can have a beautiful salad and all these incredible vegetables, but then also indulge in pizza and Mm -hmm. pasta and cookies and all that. So that's the balance part of it. And I mean, we're very fortunate in California to have incredible weather most of the year. So whether or not you can experience that or not, I think we can all bring a little sunshine into our kitchen via food. Would you define that also as your style of cooking or do you have, you know, especially because you went to culinary school and all these different things, do you have a specific uh, way that you like to cook? Yeah, I would say I'm very California focused, but like I was trained in the, you know, like technically in French cuisine, but um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even qualify myself as like a, like a French trained chef. Like that's just not how I like to cook. I'm very carefree and I like 
to do simple ingredients. I, I would say I'm more of a Mediterranean style mm-hmm. cook and that really resonates with California. And I also grew up in Tucson, Arizona. So mm. there's definitely some Southwest Mexican influence in my food. <laughs> Which I can definitely see that. Um, so you are a recipe developer. What does that mean and what does that involve? Sure. So recipe developer is someone who has an idea and then takes it from idea to a finished recipe. And normally it takes, you know, anywhere from three to six tries to get a recipe perfect before Mm. it's good enough to go on my website or in one of my cookbooks or something like that. Um, And it's always, I mean, for me, it's important to continuously stay inspired. I mean, pre-COVID, that came from traveling and going out to eat at restaurants and all that kind of stuff. So now I'm finding inspiration from my CSA boxes and things Mm. that I wasn't normally doing because I had access to farmer's markets. But now I get these things delivered once a week and I'm like, what do I do with this and this? And Mm -hmm. it's creating so many ideas because I'm, I'm... I'm being forced to cook with things that I wouldn't have normally bought on my own. And it's been really cool to recipe develop and cross test recipes during this time when, you know, things are a little bit more limited. Can you tell us more about, you know, the website part, what Gabby's cooking? Yeah. So what's Gabby cooking is my website that I started back in 2009. It originally was just kind of a blog for me to put, what I was learning in culinary school and beyond on it. And it has been turned into more of a hub that houses all of the what's got cooking things. So we have mm-hmm. recipes on there. We have meal plans on there. We feature cool companies. We do uh, travel guides, like, um, like men, not menu, not meal planning, but like menus for like Memorial day or mother's mm-hmm. day or things like that. We have, um, our podcast is on there now, and then we just recently launched a culinary school section. So Which I think is awesome. I am basically reliving. Yeah, thank you. We're reliving my culinary school days and turning it into video so people can get the same education I got, A, for free, but right. B, in quick little snippet videos. So while everyone's cooking more at home right now, you have access to some cool um, how-to videos. And I, what I love about it is because I was looking at it last night and I was like, wow, she has like all the different ways that you can make eggs because there's certain ways I know how to make it. And then some that I find more challenging. So I was literally watching one of the videos for the poached eggs because I was just like, I don't know if I can get this concept. But I love how just so easily bite size it is that you can just start from there, do it, and then you roll yourself into other videos. And I agree with you, especially during this time. You know, a lot of us that may not have been cooking a lot find themselves to be cooking more. And you are looking for fun places that kind of make you excited to go ahead and do it, especially since, you know, we're all at home. Yeah, and I think it's really important to make things accessible for people. Like, yes, cooking can be complicated, but it's poor, it's not. So I'm, I'm enjoying being able to dispel some people's like fears around cooking mm-hmm. while doing culinary school. And your husband works with you as well. How How is that in your coupleship? My my boyfriend and I, we are the co-founders of Athleisure Mag. And it's interesting how everyone has like different roles or spillover roles. And how do you guys find that balance between each other? Yeah. So Thomas came on full time about a year ago. And the first couple of weeks were rocky because we were so used to not, I mean, like I was used to, I have a team that helps me, but no one is in my like space every day. Yep. Um, and it was really interested. It was really interesting getting 
you know, having Thomas and I get into a groove, but now like a month in, we've been smooth sailing and he runs the whole production tech mm. design side of my company. Like, he does all the video editing, all the website design, all that, like creating all those assets and everything. And I do um, all the recipe and like forward camera facing work. Yeah. So it's a really, and, and he's also been a part of what's got because he's since the beginning, like he wasn't getting paid. He had another job, but mm-hmm. he knows my business inside and out. And so, you know, it's hard to find people who care as much about the company as I do. So it was, it's really cool to be able to have him involved full time now and have someone who's equally as invested in it, mm-hmm. you know, here from every waking moment of every day. Exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, you have so many things in your career and, and that's so multifaceted. What was the point that you realized that it made sense to have a cookbook? And I was a huge fan of Absolutely Avocados because avocado is like my favorite thing to eat. Um, what was that process like when you first thought, OK, I'm going to finally do my first cookbook? And how long do you spend doing your cookbooks? Like when you write a cookbook, it usually takes two years, two and a half years, start to finish. But when I did my first cookbook, that was and it was years ago, seven years ago or something, eight mm-hmm. years ago. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I walked into it very blind. And it was an incredible learning experience for me. And I love Absolutely Avocados. It's my first child, if you will. And mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it. But I also, it also came with so many lessons about what kind of person I wanted as my agent and my yeah. editor and how I was going to be pushed. And did I need someone to be my best friend that, and hold my hand the whole time? Or did I need someone who was going to push me to make it an incredible book and work even harder? And um, from my first book to my second and third book, I actually switched both agents and publishers. And what I learned was mm. I can, I, like, I can have both. Like, I, my editor now is someone who's going to push me to be so much more of a like some like a better writer and a better thinker and all these kinds of things but she's also turned into a friend mm-hmm. and when I first did it I was just looking for a friend I, ju- I didn't I wasn't looking for anyone to push me because I thought I was doing it so well to begin with but yeah. it, we all always need to be pushed and I think it's really important to have someone who keeps you accountable and I've been lucky to find that in my new team mm-hmm. um, but the first book was it was a really great learning lesson for me. Well, you just released um, your third book, What's Gabby Cooking? Eat What You Want. I love this book. Um, I love the conversation. I just love everything about it, the pictures and, and all of that. What inspired you to create this particular book? Thank you. So I get asked all the time, like, yeah, you post all these pizzas and pastas and cookies and salads, but like, what do you really eat, Gabby? And I was like, no, this is what I really eat. And I, I just wanted to, really drive home the message that you can do it all and you can do it in balance and really have a great life. I think in today's world, there's a lot of noise around food and you're not supposed to have bananas in your smoothies Mm -hmm. and all these things that aren't necessarily true, but stem from, you know, the diet industry being rebranded as, you know, like part wellness industry, basically. Um, And I, I wanted people to get rid of the noise. Like I think you have to be, food makes you happy and that's what it should do. Like it should nourish your body and make you happy and bring people around your table. And I wanted to create a book that was going to celebrate all of those things. 
you have mm-hmm. this whole thing on the sauces, you have the splurge foods, you have the foods that are definitely, you know, your healthy types of foods and having that balance and also destigmatizing what things should and shouldn't be, which was really the focus when we created Athleisure Mag to do the same thing. We like to present the options, but people need to do it in the manner that works for them. And to have it in such just a succinct and awesomely packaged way and I, I thought it was amazing. And I'm like, all right, this weekend we need to really crack down and start making some of these things because I, I just could not believe how many things were in there. It had such a beautiful flow. And even the way that it's broken out, it, it's truly conversational, which is something that makes it super approachable, which obviously is your brand. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted people to feel when they were reading it. I wanted them to feel like they were in my kitchen with me and we were just, you're just hanging out with your friends. And I hope that everyone else feels that as well. Well, with all of us staying, like we've been doing movie nights like three or four nights a week. We have our projector that goes up and we get our different snacks and things together. What are three dishes in your book that we should be making when we're doing our movie nights? Definitely the Parmesan pizza popcorn. It is like it's made for movie night. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the brownies in the back, the marshmallow caramel brownies. Which look insane. Very nice decadent treat to watch a movie to. Mm -hmm. And then... While it's not necessarily like good food to eat on your couch, <laughs> it's a little mess. Those Chipotle wings in the appetizer section are such a game changer and they're so good. And they're not like punch you in your face like spicy. They're just like a, they're smoky and they leave you with a nice heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really fun also. I love that. And are you already making plans for what your next cookbook is going to be? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just talked to my team the other day and they're like, so what's book number four? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Give me a few months to think about it. Um, but I would love to continue doing cookbooks. It's so fun to see people use them in their kitchens mm-hmm. and tag me in recipes and hear how, you know, food is affecting their lives and making their lives better. And right now with quarantine and everyone homeschooling their children, so many moms have been messaging me that they're using my book as a textbook to teach kids wow. fractions or how to read or colors or different things. And I'm like, oh my God, that is like the coolest thing I could, like I never would have thought of that. That's really cool. Wow, that's huge. And I also love how like you are really synced in to your social media Um in, in terms of, like you said, people just telling you that how they're using your items in ways that you weren't necessarily thinking of it. And I think that's awesome that you're able to do that being as busy as you are and, and so hands on deck. Thank you. Yeah, it's my favorite part of my job is communicating with my whole audience. And I mean, to me, they're family, like they're friends. I've met some of these people on book tour before or at different West Bobby cooking posted events and I'm with them every day in their kitchen. So Mm -hmm. it's so much fun to be able to communicate with them, you know, via Instagram or the blog or Twitter, wherever, um, and answer questions or hear their stories. It's my hands down, my most favorite part of my job. With your new podcast that you have that focuses on, you know, the quarantine and the dishes and different things like that. How do you go about deciding what meals you're talking about on that podcast? Yeah, so the podcast is all user-generated content. So I have a hotline, like remember 1-800-Jenny oh. from like back in the day when Jenny Craig was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of those numbers now. And so people call in and ask questions based off, you know, like whatever questions they have that have arise or have arisen because of quarantine. Like how do I cook X, Y, and Z? It's in my pantry. Or well, how do I clean this? Or how do I do this? And so 
it's been so cool to listen to everyone's voicemails and then listen for things that are clearly common themes across everyone's questions and mm-hmm. answer those on the podcast and and help people get even more comfortable in the kitchen. It's been and then we just started last week or this week actually um, having guests. My mom was my first guest and we talked about food noise and food shaming and raising children in today's world and how um, not pay attention to some of the crazy food noise out there and how mm-hmm. she did that for me and my sister. And it's going to be really cool um, to see everyone's response to that. Looking at William Sonoma, how did that partnership come up? And what is that like creating all of these amazing, you know, seasonings and different things like that with them? And how long have you been working with them? So William Sonoma came about a couple years ago. I think it was back in 2016. I had decided that the next iteration of What's Bobby Cooking, I wanted people to have something tangible that they could use in their kitchen that felt like I was in, I was there with them. Like I knew they were cooking my recipes. I knew they were watching us on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. I wanted them to have something that they could literally put in their recipes. Mm-hmm. And I cold called a number of companies and I told them my idea. Um, like every, everyone you can imagine that sells food products I called. And uh, a couple of them wrote me back right away and they're like, fly up to our headquarters, let's take a meeting. And William Sonoma did not call me back right away, but I knew people there. And I was yeah. like, I just love the brand. It feels so right. Anyways, I took all these other meetings. A couple people were like, let's get this rolling. And then I was like, I just, it's not right yet. And then like literally 24 hours later, the head food buyer of William Sonoma emailed me and he was like, come up to San Francisco. I want you to cook for the whole, you know, team and tell them your story. And so I dropped everything I was doing, hopped on a plane, flew up there couple days later and cooked for everyone, told them my story, all of, you know, we talked about social, we talked about my website, we talked about culinary school, all these things. Um, And I didn't know this at the time, but salsa was not their best performing skew. Mm. And they were like, let's try a line of salsas. And I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. Like I'm from Arizona. I love salsa. Great. Let's do it. And we crushed it. Like we Mm. developed three salsas that came out that could be used as multi-use sauces as well. And it did so well. Like it outperformed all their salsa skews. So I think that was their way of testing me. Mm -hmm. And from there, we expanded into seasonings and oils and perishable products and cocktail mixes and things like that. And it's just been such an incredible partnership for the last few years. I feel so lucky that I get to work with people who have become like family and friends to me. And it's part of a company that has such strong, you know, goals and mm-hmm. messaging. I really, I feel very fortunate to be part of the WS fam. <laughs> so each season, do you, is there a particular focus that you guys are like, all right, you know, we're going to attack this particular thing. And then you basically create the different items that go under that particular assortment. So they do that for their catalog. Like, like I think a couple of years ago, they did a Mexico vibe yep. for their catalog. And so that's when the salsas went into it. Um, now, I, like they do have priorities. Like brunch was a big priority for them mm-hmm. this spring, which is when we launched our cocktail mixes. Which was yummy. Um, and our all things egg seasoning and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, that definitely plays into it. But at this point, they also know that I know what's going to resonate with my audience. Mm-hmm. And so we have very co- like, co- 
collaborative brainstorm sessions where I'm like, I think we need to do this seasoning next or this. Yeah. And then we can make that happen. Well, what are other things that you're thinking of that you can share, I guess, that you're also thinking to introduce that we may not know about? Oh, interesting question. Mm -hmm. Well, just like I haven't done very much extensive, I haven't done any travel to Asia and I am dying to explore Uh, all the different cultures and food and, you know, everything. I just want to like go cook with people for a month or two when we're allowed to travel again and learn all about that. Um, so I would love to, I would love to learn from someone who's an expert or multiple people who are experts and then bring that back and share that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be something I'm interested in. I mean, we've dabbled in it at West Gobby Cooking, but I really would love to immerse myself in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is high on my priority list in terms of growing the brand, but it changes so much. Like the West Gobby Cooking Culinary School came about because so many people were messaging me on how to prep vegetables. Like yeah. it wasn't something we ever really thought about doing until we're like, oh shit, we should start this. But being a small company and being very nimble, I think is important in today's mm-hmm. world where you can adapt and make changes really quickly. So who knows? I mean, whatever happens when we're done with COVID, it'll be interesting to see how we change our business, Yeah, you know, to accommodate that. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's definitely interesting because it's like a day by day thing. You you don't even think of something and then something happens and you're like, well, we can go ahead and affect that. Like like you said, if you're small and, and able to have all your processes together, you can really respond to things that are going on a lot quicker than, you know, those brands that have really big red tapes and lots of people that are involved with it. Absolutely. hundred. Yeah. One thousand percent. Mm-hmm. What are three items that you always have in your fridge? I always have mozzarella in the fridge. I have fresh tortillas and salsa. I think those are three things that I can't live without. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, you know, how with everything that's going on, you know, being someone who's just busy naturally, but also with a lot of the issues that are surrounding COVID with us staying at home and whatever, how are you taking time for yourself as well as you and your husband to just, like you said, taking down the noise and and still being able to do the self-care and things that you need to do just to be a calm and normal person? Yeah, it's really interesting. And I do struggle with this. Like I'm attached to my phone for most most of the day. Um, so when we wind down at night, I leave my phone in the kitchen plugged in and don't take it with me to my bedroom because I don't need to be like responding to DMs until 11 p.m., which I easily could be doing, but mm-hmm. I try not to. Um, so that's been really helpful. We've been going for walks every night after dinner, again, without my phone to just kind of like decompress from the day that's been helpful and then we we all like in terms of using technology we've been having facetime or zoom dates with all of our friends who we honestly we've talked to them and seen them more now than we did before covid because they all live in different parts of the country and it's been like some of our best friends up in portland we facetime with them and their little daughter multiple times a week which we didn't do before all this and it's been so fun mm-hmm. to be able to hang with them because we wouldn't have been able to see them in person anyways they live in a different state yeah. so it's been nice to do that and just pay attention to the conversation rather than what's going on around us
can't wait to sit with you again to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is the division of Athleisure Media, and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by listening, following, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Himalaya, or your preferred podcast platform. Find out additional information by checking out the show notes. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash athleisure kitchen and on Instagram at athleisure kitchen and at athleisure studio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself and is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio. We'll be back with another episode, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.